0: Very honored Frater BT's Esoterra Nerd Podcast, Episode 21. In this episode, we will interview my old friend, David Crawford. But first, one brief item from our Corrections, corrections. Department. Exterminate. Exterminate. You know. In Episode 18, Twin Peaks Tarot, I introduced the new segment Transformations and Footnotes. I stated that I would be reciting my father's book, Transformations, while we listened to Pat Metheny's Ricochet Parts 1 and 2. It turns out uh, they're not Pat Metheny, they are Tangerine Dream Ricochet Parts 1 and 2. Which dovetails nicely into Part 2 of our ongoing segment? Transformations Transformations. and (laughs) Footnotes. in which I read my father's magnum opus, verse by verse. He has it divided into chapters and verses. If you haven't heard chapter 1, verse 1, then please cover your ears with your fingers until it's finished. Unless, of course, you're dry. To hear chapter 1, verse 1, dial it back to episode 18, Twin Peaks Tarot. This is Transformations, Chapter 2, Verse 2. Coming back to the flesh place is like walking through a roar of devouring electric teeth, wind tunneling, egg-beatering, vortexing, and the stars whirl down, and the yellow light and white light make whirligig rainbows that turn gray and cloudy, even almost smoky, in nightbed darkness. And my flesh place, the body is below me. I take its shape. I become its shape. I pretend dreams and create plots and people them with problems and confusions, intrusions, conflicts, resolutions. It all becomes very intense and totally significant beyond words as I experience it and wake up at 5.30 in the a.m. to some talk show on the radio, exchanging make-wrongs and playing Ain't It Awful and blaming Nixon, Ford. Uncle Ho, Mao, Castro, religion, no religion, with no viable solution or taking of responsibility evident. And now for the footnotes. Now, I'm assuming that you already heard chapter 1, verse 1. If none of this makes sense, you got to hear that one first, because this is actually a continuation of a thought that began in that one. So... He was in the white light communing with the people that the commoners call uh, gods and devils and stuff, but he calls them friends. Now he's coming back. He's waking up in the morning is what's happening. Now a little personal anecdote. God forbid, if I had to go to the bathroom before he woke up, the bathroom was in his room. I had to walk on a creaky floor past him to get to the bathroom, and every single time, no matter how tiptoey, sometimes once in a while I'd make it to the bathroom, and then on my way back, I'd wake him up, and he would wake up screaming,
1: ah, 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 ah,
0: which apparently he was flashing back to being born in World War II in Shanghai with Japanese bombs going off outside and stuff like that, according to him uh, after some regression therapy. Incidentally, when he met and fell in love with his third wife, Sue, that stopped happening. Kind of a big deal. Sadly, they were only together for three years before he passed away. I become its shape. Yeah. It's nice to think that, you know, just a few seconds before we wake up in the morning we're not male or female or human or cat or I pretend dreams and create plots and people them with problems, confusions, intrusions, conflict, resolutions. I love this because time really, it speeds up and slows down and at the same time in REM, you know, because cause in eight seconds you can have like a several hour long experience go by. And yeah, like you said, you create all these plots and people them and it, it becomes totally significant. And then somehow that has to do with what's going on in your waking life and it's some kind of, you know unconscious subliminal kind of working it all out or replaying it or kind of like processing those emotions and the hypothalamus and and playing with the imagery and kind of maybe a little bit of free associating or or astral work you know uh, i mean i don't know i mean i always thought that there was a blurry line between dreaming and astral work that at a certain point maybe what they would call in scientology clear uh when when you're clear your dreams are astral projection and and when you still have engrams uh, and all this stuff going on, and re-stimulating in, in your own brain, then you end up having these, you know, recurring dreams where you're working stuff out and that kind of. Thing. Of course, you know, rationally, there's no reason to believe that there's anything outside of our extended nervous system. I mean, maybe the dreams are going on in our in our toe, you know, because our nervous system is directly connected to the to the brain matrix, so you know, I could buy that, but it takes a little bit of a leap, quantum leap, if you will, to uh, to kind of grok thinking in another person's toe or a brain. But that's probably a good thing. We all have our privacy. We all have our brain privacy. And we can choose to share through communication or, or not. Or... Exchanging make wrongs, make hyphen wrongs. Now, he actually uh, dedicated this book to the uh, founder of Est um, Erhard Seminars Training Werner Erhard that's a, uh, an ism an Estism which translates into our modern terms as a Landmark Forumism so if you, uh, you or a friend are familiar with the Landmark Forum and you read Transformations you will um, be thinking in their terminology by the end of it So that's where Make Wrongs comes in. It might have its roots in Scientology, I'm not sure. And playing Ain't It Awful with hyphens and in quotes, that's a reference to Eric Burns' Games People Play, and that's B-E-R-N-E. Check it out, that's a really good book. And Blaming Nixon, Ford, Uncle Ho, that's just kind of nice, because then it reminds you, he's writing in 1976, and you're kind of in a time portal while you're reading it. Uncle Ho, honestly, I have no idea what that even is a reference to. Mao, I know, Castro, mm-hmm. religion, no religion, with no viable solution or taking a responsibility evident. Yeah, a lot of complaining, a lot of blaming, but no one saying, you know, hey, we got to take responsibility for this. At least it wasn't evident on broadcast radio in 1976. Our guest tonight is my old friend David Crawford. When David heard that line that I just read, chapter 1, verse 2, his response was, Boy, your dad sure didn't like coming back into the flesh place, did he? Only with a Scottish
1: accent, of course.
0: If you've seen the tarot-themed art walk video that I created on YouTube under the pseudonym Gwydion, or if you've found the Easter egg on the Esoterra Nerd website, then you will already know David Crawford as the hermit in the hermit card alongside Delphia's wonderful representation of that card. And he was also the one being healed or let out of his grave prison in the video called Healing Work. When Honored Sora FSM and I were married, our bridesmaids and our groomsmen each wore a different color of the rainbow. David Crawford was my orange groomsman. And so without further ado, let's get to that interview, shall we? Greetings, Frater. Welcome to the Esoteric Nerd Podcast.
2: Thank you. Well, it's been a, a bit of an honor, actually. I was more surprised to get your call. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like to mix
0: it up, you know, between people that I know personally, people who are on just on their path, who have never taken on the role of teacher, but who I think have something valuable to offer. Um, you know, people who've been students long enough that. You know, if someone says, hey, you know, how do you do this? You say, well, actually, I have a lot of experience with that. So, so yeah, that's where I'm coming from. I mean, I'm glad to have Poke Runyon on there. But, I mean, in a way, he's a friend of my dad's. So, I'm still just basically inviting my friends on. Um, I had an, an author come on, you know. But other than that, I mean, Season's been on and, and uh, you know, a, a few other people. I, I,
2: li- I listened to, 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 to a few. I didn't, I didn't manage to hear the Runyon one. I, something went wrong when I tried to, to make the connect. I'll catch
0: you. I'll catch it later. Yeah, So okay, uh, could you describe the first time that you, you met me?
2: Oh I'll never, I'll never forget the first time <laughs> I met you. I, I had no idea who on earth it was that I, I, I was going to be confronting. Um, I, I was with Lana, Lana and I had just moved to Los Angeles, and uh, she was already a, a part of the order, and she wanted to go to your sanctuary. So I, was, I was, I was, I was, I was actually imagining somebody more like your dad, I think. I, I was expecting an older person. Yeah. Uh, somebody who might be sitting smoking a pipe or something like that. which he was, but not with the pipe I thought he would be smoking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and anyway, I, I come to the corner at the Henniger house, and there was this young lad with, say, uh, this massive blonde hair. <laughs> <and> half <closed. laughs> Um lying on on the porch in the back, and I, was thought, I, oh, lying? I, I thought, I my I, I was at least you sitting. Anyway, <laughs> you made me most welcome, and uh, I I I it went from there. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was fun. Yeah, I I uh, I just handed you the pipe, right? Something
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it was it was the big last before hello. <Yeah>.
0: Yeah, good times. So now, before that, you know, I'm interested because I know the Essenes as a historical thing, um, as like Qumran and all that, where you know Jesus and his dad were uh, transcribing the Old Testament and all that, and putting it in jars for people to find later in a cave or something. And um, and so I'm not. Um, I mean, I what i what I know of that. Is that they were living a high priest Levitical lifestyle, or they yeah. they were abiding by the rules of Leviticus, um, the rules for the high priest, which I believe includes <laughs> ultimate celibacy even with your own wife, if i if I recall correctly. Um, so I'm that's where I'm I'm uh, that's my level of ignorance with the Essenes. Um, now Silence the Aquarian is a neighbor of mine, and he mentioned being drawn to the Essenes, but I think he's also tapping into the more the historical ones. So I'm interested in what. What it was that you were practicing uh, in the
2: nineties? Okay, well, I I I came into these scenes kind of like halfway through my my, my sojourn my 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 search on my spiritual path, I feel like you know, to find out who I am, what I am, mm-hmm. and uh, it was the first time I had been confronted with the discipline of 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 ritual, um, wherein you. You're given a a say a, a, they're the, the, like affirmations, the prayers to the angels, the recognition of Mother Earth, or an awareness of being in connect. Right. You know, with with, with 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 the with the earth beneath you, the sky above you, the other dimensions that exist within our our beingness, if you like. Um and after a short period of time of, of, of playing with these these rituals like we there was like four a day. Um, you, you worship the, or you, or you give respect to the angel of the morning, angel of noon time, um, angel of the evening, and the angel of night. Um, you are paying a homage to the elements in various different degrees and one thing and another. And that was basically what I, I started doing. I just started playing with it to see how it was going to affect my my my, my thinking or, or my all or my way of life. And. Uh, there was also study involved, and it was the first time I had come across the Egyptian Book of the Dead. I had I had gone into the Tibetan Book of the Dead earlier in my 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 search, but this was the first time I was confronted with the Egyptian Book of the Dead. And they they do a lot of 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 deep study on on that aspect of of, of the teachings. Now it is, is basically where the golden donors. is. So.
0: Is, it, is it is the Essenes that? I mean by they is it a is it an organization, is it a church? I mean I haven't
2: I I joined I joined online a group that was known as the Order of the Nazarene Essenes. Okay. And I was given I was given uh um someone who, who would supervise my studies, who would send me study material, I had to reply to him and uh, it was all it was all done um online. It was all done like at a distance. I never got the the the, the chance to visit an ashram or or anything like that, and and I kind of wished yeah. I had, but um, it, circumstances just never allowed for that. So. Yeah. Um, but they have they have a very a very strict uh, monasterial way of living, which I think was a, hmm, I actually kind of balked a bit at it, the idea of of cold water washes in the morning and things like that didn't yeah. ever really appeal to me. Um, I, I don't mind. I, I, there was a, there was a lot of fasting. I was taught to fast, which was a, a, a very powerful experience. That really does get you to know who you are when you when you are really 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 hungry, yeah. and the only thing you can communicate with is this noise in your stomach saying, "Feed me, feed me, feed me." <sighs> And you're saying no, no, no. <laughs> I can go on for like four days and that's a that's a struggle. But it does bring you back to you know, what you're really all about. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. So that was that was my my, my appeal with these humans. Okay. Okay. Unfortunately I I got a virus on uh, hard drive that I was working with, and all my notes got wiped out. At least they're not oh, wiped out. I didn't de- de- I de- open that hard drive again because yeah, it's a, it's because a virus that jumped yeah. to the next computer. That makes sense.
0: So prior to that, you were studying Theosophy?
2: Theosophy was my. I, I, I left the. Uh, in 1986, I had a brain fart. Uh, I was working for, for the railways in Scotland. I was the the operations manager for the West Highland Railway. It was a grand title, but it was, it, was a, it was a great job. I spent a lot of time just in the mountains in Scotland. It was beautiful.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, I got promoted to a managerial position. And at the same time, Margaret Thatcher was bringing in the privatization to the extent of destroying the unions and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that, that existed over there. And... I was going to have a hard time because they were bringing in people with geography degrees to be my supervisors. They knew nothing about how a railway worked and they were going to cause serious problems. Um, in fact, there, there were accidents that took place on the railway after the, the years after I left that uh, should never have happened. Hmm. But uh, I had this brain fat and decided that I was going to. Turn my back on the system, so to speak. So I, I dumped everything and went to Greece. I lived on Samos, where I was on the island of Pythagoras, and that got me interested in Pythagorean teachings. So I, I read some of the 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 works that are that attributed to him and I don't really remember too much about them. But I it was I I, I did get the sensation of there's a Perfection in mathematics involved here. Numbers are important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Patterns are important. That kind of idea. Um, and then, then I I I left that, and we moved to to France. Um, and I was in I was in the Alps for a while, and that was where I joined the Theosophical Society. Okay. And uh, basically, the what, what you do in the Theosophical Society is you do two years of training in an out, the outside order. And then you have the opportunity of going into the esoteric order. And the esoteric order is a seven-year course. Mm-hmm. In, it's, it's basically just personal alchemy. Um, it, it's, it's no different to to any of the other other, other Western mythical teachings. It, it's just personal alchemy, how to balance all your, your elements in one thing or another. Right. and another. And become a, a good, uh, considerate, caring, kind, loving person. Because um, that should be the ultimate aim of the human being. I've always believed that. Yeah. I did the seven years. I was offered the position of, I can, I, I, I'm pausing because I'm, I'm trying to remember this whole title. It's a great right. bit of a long time I was secretary to the chairman of the European Federation of Theosophical Society, who hmm. was a, a, a Vietnamese woman called Tan, Tran Tai Kim Joo, my first real mentor. In, in In the mystical teaching, somebody that I could really personally relate to, that I mean, yeah. was one, one of the things that, that really opened my mind with the, when, when I was doing theosophy was the when you start to compare what were, it wasn't the the, the the initial instruction in the theosophy is not to study any one religion, it is to compare all of the religions mm-hmm. until you find something that makes sense um and 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 that was basically what the appeal was with regards to, to 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 my studies of philosophy it was this, this idea of always having this 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 ability to compare put yourself in the other guy's shoes yeah see what it would be like from his point of view feel what it's like from his point of view and in that way um come up with a solution yeah um yeah, but the, the 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 similarities of 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 the vast majority of the teachings, um, all the way back to, to as far back as we can go, the Sumerians and beyond. If you like, it's it it it's all been about the the, the same thing. Nothing yeah. no, no, nothing has changed. Um, it's been messed around with. It's been messed around with quite a considerable amount, um, to the point that we don't even know what it is worth. Living on far less living in
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it seems like if you turn if it's like if you ha- if you're looking through a lens of a telescope, if you focus it one way, then it reveals kind of history and and art, and but if you focus another way, then you can see mysticism and then you find the similarities it's like the similarities and the differences, the differences. Are you know the cultural things I like, go, oh, well that's your culture in my culture we do it differently, but then you know uh, when you get it to the to the real heart of it you find an overlap you know for instance between East and West in uh, the, the the Japanese void, the, uh, the 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 Chinese Tao and then you have uh, Ain you have uh, the veils of negative existence in Kabbalah, and uh, you know concepts like these and and I think there's probably something that translates into sort of a greek uh mystic christian paradigm but the word is uh, eluding me right now but but you know then from there it's like you, once you can find like at in our system it would be or in the golden dawn system it would be the uh the dot white dot at the center of the rose at the center of the rose yeah. at the center of the woman. so that dot would once we once once in a conversation with someone who's supposedly from some other culture you know you you can find that white dot together
2: or, exactly, or or yeah. you know
0: in some exactly. cases it's a black dot because uh, in um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean the the guy in uh, South Africa on episode uh, five um, his name's Kay, and his whole thing he he uh, he's borrowing heavily from Golden Dawn Gnosticism and Buddhism but it's all focused on this idea of the black sun and, right. um, and but then when I got got into it with him it turned out that was pretty much what I thought it was going to end up being which was this idea of uh, everything revolving around the void of ein um and and he's using the the word ku because it's in his own language it's it's in the bantu language which is local to south africa so that he can develop a very sophisticated modern day mystery school based on his own local voodoo and i was like
2: hell yeah that's you know that's so good one of one of the things i never really got the the opportunity to to get around to studying with with african cultures I was yeah. always fascinated by Africa. And I, I don't believe a word of what we've been told in our history books about what Africa is. Oh, if you look course. at some of the if you look at some of the the photographs of African cities, they are very um modern a well-developed cities. I mean, and yet everybody seems to think that Africa is this place where people are running around. And it's
0: because of yeah, the Carthag- Carthaginian Roman, you know, battle. It's just we've 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 inherited the Roman Empire and we've inherited yeah. all the all the crap talking they did about the Carthaginians, and that's really yeah. basically all it comes down to. I mean, they had steelmaking. They had nineteenth-century steelmaking technology in uh, in Carthage. In but you know, then they just went over and burned everything and salted it and didn't even bother to look at what they were doing and <laughs> adopted into their own empire. It was silly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, not, not mankind certainly has made a mess of some stuff. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs>
0: Well, you know, we've inherited what we've inherited, and it's interesting. It's interesting when if, when we can let go of the barrier between human and animal, or human and the rest of life, which is something important we need to do in order to find our balance.
2: That was that was that was actually one of the things I learned very very early on, um, and I've I've been vegetarian for most of my most of my life now because I'm I've been vegetarian for forty years, and I was. Uh, For me, Um, on
0: September 29th was the first day that I uh, substituted. I saw
2: that. I was was following it on Facebook. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I finally you did it. I've been wanting to do it. Be honest with me. Do you feel a difference?
0: I feel great. I mean, I, I, I did it wrong last year when I tried it, and I felt terrible because I was just eating bread or something. I don't know what I was doing. I was, um, and I was doing yeah. vegetarian and not vegan. So, so I was eating cheese and, and, and egg and thinking right. that that was going to make up for all the beef I wasn't eating. She,
2: I wasn't really was not even really. one ready. of the, the hardest to give up. Yeah. He definitely was it, was. it was my downfall as well. Yeah, um, but you know you've got to get off dairy products as well because they're they of no no use to the human being at this time.
0: Right. I mean, this is probably stuff you and I both know, but um, just to kind of give people an idea where we're coming from, uh, in in yoga, for instance, in Raja Yoga, the first yama or the first observance you're supposed to abide by is nonviolence, and uh, pretty much any. You know, yogi, as in Indian man with a long beard uh, who practices yoga, if you ask him, you know, is it okay to eat meat? He'll say no, no, because as him says, the first rule in yoga, uh, that's nonviolence, and you can't get meat off an animal. You know, I mean, you could say, well, what if I waited for it to die, but that's just not healthy, so you don't eat meat. You know, that's, that's what it is. And so since I decided to become a yogi, to, to kind of like say, okay, esoteric nerd's been been fun, but now it's time to get serious and become a yogi. That's kind of where I'm coming from. Right. Um, part of that is uh, really getting down to it, doing yoga, <laughs> practicing right. the, the asanas, practicing the, the pranayama, focusing on that, kind of making that the main, main focus.
2: Only problem I would say with going vegan is you've got to start paying attention to what you do eat. Right, um, because you 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 have to you've you, you have to supply your body with certain things for it to work, um, and uh, it's it's a case of you've got to do some research. But it is the case of that is that is what's wrong with people today. They won't research anything. Right. You know, all the information is available they at their fingertips, and they're all watching station. porn. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody makes a statement, and they either believe it or they disbelieve it. They don't research it. Yeah, research
0: um, the media. And,
2: and this is this is why we're we're living in 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 such chaos, because people have not taken the time to think of of well, if I do this, is that not going to cause that um, high ha- anguish, heart pain, or whatever? Yeah. Um, but I it was I was in my twenties, I think. I think I just turned twenty. And I was passing a slaughterhouse on the train one day, and we got stopped at a signal. And it was right next to the field where the the cows waited to go into this building to be slaughtered. And I noticed that it was a beautiful green field. There was lovely lush grass on this field. And in the corner, right up next to where the, 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 the railway tracks were, was this horrible, ugly mud patch where all the cows have gathered. And I thought, what on earth are they doing in that horrible mud patch and not enjoying that lovely nice grass? And then I heard the squeal of a pig from the slaughterhouse. And I thought, oh shit, these cows know what's going to happen to them. And at that moment, I stopped eating meat.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It it's, 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 everything has a right to live on this this earth. It's not it's not just human beings. They're not we don't have the right to destroy, to kill, to hurt. Um that's not what we came for. That's reptilian programming.
0: I don't even like putting my cat in a box to take her to the dentist. <laughs>
2: uh
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she should <laughs> you know. But
2: another thing I, I started doing recently was taking uh, additional vitamins and omega threes and things like that. Oh, good, algae based. Um because the the food that you do eat, or you, we can eat,
0: mm-hmm. is so
2: deficient in the uh, in, in nutrition that you you've got to back up with something.
0: Well, let me let me tell you what I do every morning. Um, so every morning, almost every morning, I get up and uh, <laughs> I do my five Tibetans. Uh, right. And, uh, yeah, you and I both know what that is. For everyone else, uh, Google is your friend, the five Tibetans.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um,
0: it's, a, it's, a, it's a yoga thing. You spin around. Anyway, uh, then after that, I do some kriyas, and then I have some water because they're kriyas that you aren't supposed to have water before you do okay. for the core. And, uh, anyway, after that, I come in here and I make my smoothie, which is one avocado, one banana, some strawberries, some blueberries, some mango chunks. Lovely. Lovely. And uh, what, do, what do we got here? This is alk- uh, alkalizer and detoxifier, raw organic super food, green superfood. And then organic hemp protein powder from uh, Trader Joe's.
2: Yes. Hemp seeds are very good for you.
0: I like to throw in a little extra turmeric, but it's already in the... Uh, uh, alkalizer,
2: you not cannot go wrong. You cannot go wrong with turmeric. It's 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 a it's a, a it's powerful great. medicine that we should have in our system. Good for in. the
0: brain. Good for fighting it's, cancer.
2: Good for your blood and all kinds of stuff. It's in
0: curry powder, which is one of the reasons curry is so good for you. Uh, I would,
2: I just I just had a curry this week. Yes.
0: Excellent. Vitamin D, B complex. Now, uh, every time I, whenever I research tryptamines and how they interact with the brain and and. Uh, you know, what's the word? Endogenous, endogenously produced DMT, um, uh-huh. produced inside the brain. It all requires B6. And so it's good to, okay. if you're just do, taking B12, you might um, not have enough B6 for, for a proper psychedelic religious experience. Um, if you're doing Kundalini work, you want to, you want your B6. Um, artichoke extract. I take uh, 1200 milligrams in the morning because of a theory that I heard that I like, and it's not verified, which is that it acts as Viagra for the brain. What it does is it inhibits the, uh, and I might have this, I'm I'm no doctor. So basically I'll just tell the, the dumb guy version. It, um, it inhibits the enzyme that, uh, gobbles up all the C-A-M-P, which is the stuff in the brain, that means you're interested in something, <laughs> um,
2: <Yeah. laughs> and,
0: and there's a there's a similar enzyme that does it in a different region of the body, and so that's where Viagra comes in, but artichoke will do it on the uh, the one for the brain, so you can actually oh, cool. become and remain interested in things you're not actually interested in, <laughs> much like <Wow>. Viagra. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh I'm sorry, Grandma,
0: and she's like, "Oh, cover yourself." Anyway, and then of course the vegan <laughs> omega threes and uh, uh, the vitamin C reishi. We got a reishi, reishi mushroom. Happening. Oh, good. Yes, yes. Uh, Jamie takes this organic spirulina but I put it in the smoothie she's got to run off to school first thing in the morning so she doesn't have time for a smoothie anymore oh and oil of oregano it does all kinds of wonderful things one of the things it does is it blocks the well it inhibits the reuptake and the degradation of the three main neurotransmitters that we use for thinking so um, in other words you don't use it up like the dopamine the uh, non adrenaline and the serotonin last longer um, so you're still thinking when you're like going to sleep at night.
2: We 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 use oil, oil of oregano to to kill viruses.
0: Oh, that, so I'm sure that's good time. too. So it's good for immune system. It's an immune system. Assistance.
2: But you you you're, you're burping pizza all the time when you take that stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't mind it though. And so yeah, between that smoothie and those pills, it pretty much gives me a good start. And then the rest of the day, I uh, munch on walnuts and uh, broccoli and carrots and uh, oh, whatever.
2: Else, do, you, oh, do you
0: eat honey? Food. Do, you, hmm?
2: do you eat honey? Uh, no, I don't. You don't. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean I I I know that there's two schools of thought on that, but I mean I still kind of feel like if it's not it's not like on the level of dairy where it's like their amni- well it is like their amniotic fluid. It's it's what they use to to house and and feed their young. And they yeah. put they put so much work into it that you know, I mean, even though it's really, they just sort of process it and barf it back up. It's really, it it seems like rude to take it. I don't okay. know.
2: So, I mean, that's just no, me. yeah, I, th- I think you're probably quite right on that one. And okay. and it
0: seems like it's just too yummy. You know what I mean? It's like it's too easy to just walk <laughs> up and grab this stuff that's far too yummy. And it, 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 and, and they were going to do something with it. And so it just seems like the karma there
2: is a little iffy. Okay. So. Yeah, I would, I would accept that. I would accept that. <laughs> One thing one thing Lana did, did find just very recently is a woman, I think she's in Los Angeles, actually, who makes a cheese from nuts, a variety of different nuts. Oh, that's interesting. And uh, you just, uh, I can't remember, it was Mayoki's My- Kitchen or something like that it's called. Hmm. Um, and uh, you go online and you pick your cheese and you order it. I think you have to order it before a Wednesday or something like that because she ships it out on the Thursday and the Friday. So, it, so it, it's, it's not... Because it, it's in, like, say, um, packaging, which has got, like, frozen blocks. I mean, they're, they're melted by the, the time they get here, but it's obviously to keep it fresh. But it's only ever two days in the mail, and it arrives at your house, and this stuff's the it's really good. Nice. Smoked cheeses from Europe, and uh, cream cheeses, and all kinds of different things that you can... So you don't actually lose the... Or you don't you, you don't you can still satisfy that craving for that cheesy. That
0: At this point, uh
2: David and I had an argument about whether the world was
0: round or flat. I was on the side that the world was round. The conversation didn't end well, and uh well later I decided to call him up and um see if we could continue on a different subject.
2: <laughs> oh my Oh no!
0: And then I sent a text that said, "Sorry, that text was that voicemail was meant for a different person."
2: Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you know, I've, I've got I've got a funny story about you as well. We're doing something similar when we were in on Ontario. Um, <clears throat> there was one night you were giving a lecture. Remember how everybody used to come over to our apartment at the end of the ritual or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, well, there was one night you were holding forth on something to do with the Kabbalah. I can't remember exactly now what the details were, but you, the 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 sliding glass doors were open, and you were kind of like standing in on the balcony, but talking back into the room. Um, and you had all these little gangbangers down below were listening to you. <laughs> they had no idea what you were talking about. But <laughs> so we overheard we overheard one of them the next day. Say, I think it's okay as long as you don't look them in the eyes. <laughs> Was That's it the, the neighbors downstairs? The neighbors downstairs and the kids in, in the in the courtyard—they all heard you giving this lecture about the oh. And of course, they were on the way because they—I mean, they they did, had never conceived of any of this kind of stuff—and it all sounded sort of like magical hokey pokey to them. So <laughs> they
0: they—that's funny.
2: The jewels are gone. You know, it was
0: something about uh, being able to release it um, from just your pineal glands without any external substance.
2: Something. Well, the, the, it, it it's, it's feasible to do, but you've got to be capable of, of shutting down the pituitary completely. Um, it, 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 effectively, it's like getting to the fill point again. Yes, it's capable. The pineal gland is what produces the DMT, but it does so... Once the adrenaline has stopped, and the pituitary gland is always—that's why you've got all these thousands of thoughts going on all the time. That's your—that's your, that's your pituitary doing that.
0: Okay, you know, here's I mean, a, here's a thought. The the neocortex overrides the hypothalamus and the amygdala when need be. Well, the amygdala is pretty pretty tough. I mean, they can get right to the body, and and you're running down the street before you even have a chance to think about what's going on. Sometimes, but. Yeah. Uh, in extreme situations, but but in, in normally the neocortex overrides all that. Well, I heard recently they had these musicians, jazz musicians, get in an MRI scanner and repeatedly every when they would get into the groove and they were all playing jazz together, their brain was lighting up like a symphony and the neocortex had shut down and gone dark. And so what okay. they concluded, what what they concluded was that it was the ability to consciously stop overriding your own. Your own brain. So it's like when people are looking at the scrying mirror and they're saying, I can't, I can't, I see see nothing. It's like their, their neocortex or their rational mind, if you will, the one that we have uniquely human, you know, the cats have, but much smaller and all that um, is overriding those more base natural uh, impulses. And so my, 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 what I'm getting, what I'm coming around to is perhaps there is a connection between the pituitary, the master gland and the neocortex whereas the pineal is more is a little lower down closer to the emotions closer to the hypothalamus and so if you're working with the body and you're working with energy flows and you're working with emotions and you're shutting off the, hype, the the neocortex which is why where it actually becomes useful to like let go of reason not in the sense of letting go of reason but letting go of the chattering monkey for a minute and then you then you can actually active, actively consciously release the DMT from the pineal, and and not have the pituitary override it. Am I get? Yeah. Does that sound right? I mean, I'm not it, a.
2: It, it, <laughs> that, yes, that that would make sense. But it it would take it would take a it would take a lot of effort to get to that point. I would. Yeah, think. And then you have then, then, then you would have, then you've got that problem of dosage. Would you be able to release sufficient to trigger the effect? Maybe not the whole
0: trip. At? Maybe not the same as take as as uh, inhaling eighty milligrams or whatever and holding yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that someone who's like, who's who's done ayahuasca or or smoked DMT might have actually had a more profound experience than the one that people normally get when they when they die. <laughs>
2: it, that that is possible. That was that was something that, that that cropped up, and I remember when I was listening to to one of the the, the guy the guy who who did the, the lectures back in the nineties. Oh, someone. was it
0: like Terrence McKenna or? Terence McKenna. That's oh
2: terrible. yeah, yeah. That's, that thing. Um, You're yeah,
0: talking about the real religious experience, how he went into every church and he went to every mosque and he went to, you know, did Buddhism and then finally, in a darkened room, he took <laughs> some particular amount of uh, psilocybin. And, and that, I
2: think this is this is also another important aspect. The, the pineal gland responds to a different kind of light from the light that we see from the sun and, and, and you know, in our daytime vision. Mm. Uh, the it, it, it works in that, darkness, light, that light, that light that's inside of you, to oh. do the, the illumination. Really? That's that's one of the the the, the things that, that that keeps cropping up in the stuff that I'm. I'm, I'm Interesting.
0: At. In the form of a lot of synaptic activity, guess, or yes, the,
2: the 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 new the 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 synapses, the the different patterns that, that that you're creating within the the total brain is more important than what the actual content of any one given thought is
0: okay Does so breath work it sounds like breath work to me and uh and it's, all, of... it's
2: all based, it's all based in breath work yes it's, okay. well it's, 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 it's prana is it's dealing with, it's dealing with that other energy that exists that most people in today's consciousness ignore
0: yeah so anyway, thank you for uh, joining us on the on the Esoteric Nerd podcast.
2: Okay, thank you, Edward. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Have a good night.
2: Okay, you too. Bye bye.
0: Thank you, David, for joining us on the Esoteric Nerd podcast tonight. Special thanks to Tangerine Dream. I wanted to share with you guys, uh, Esoteric Nerds out there. Today is a bit of a, an historic occasion. It is the 19th of October, and just yesterday, or possibly tomorrow, I'm not sure because of the international dateline, in Shanghai, China, Lon Milo Duquette had a room full of people from Shanghai, Chinese people, doing a lesser banishing ritual of a pentagram today. So, well done, Lon Milo Duquette, and... Uh, I spoke to one of the women who attended the workshop, China Magic, I believe it was called. Some kind of loophole, some, some tricky way of bringing in a new form of uh, ceremonial magic into a land that despises such things. So good, so good, so thalamic, so subversive. I, I mentioned to her that I had seen him on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood a couple weeks ago. She said he played his guitar and played one of his songs. I asked her which one and she said, outside
1: the box. I told my mom when I was 10, the Bible is a crock. She marched me to the preacher man, boys thinking outside the box. Now look here boy, the preacher said, just stop your crazy talk. Cause sticks and stones will break your bones if you think outside the box. You fight and fail, you land in jail, the world will clean your clock You'll spend eternity in hell if you think outside the box Don't you worry how things are or should be Thou shalt not be unorthodox Go to school and go to war if need be Just don't think outside the box In 65 some soldier guys came to my school to talk They looked real cool, had shiny shoes And they pumped up all the jocks They pointed to their uniforms And walked that soldier walk If you've got balls, your duty calls Just step inside the box The draft board sending notices I found in my mailbox But they never reached my residence Cause I moved outside the box Don't you worry how things are or could be Thou shalt not be unorthodox Get a job then go to war if need be Just don't think outside the box I'm 65, I'm still alive And I've been around the block Had ups and downs And laughs and frowns And mysteries I've unlocked And when I'm dead, let it be said upon that marble block Don't look for long down in the ground, the boys outside the box Keep on dreaming how things can and should be Just proudly be unorthodox Keep on marching to that different drummer Live and love outside the box. Just live outside the box.